Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Evenings with Mitch Buchanan, the only Baywatch Nights podcast on the planet, and we're very excited to be here for another round. I'm going to be looking at season one and season two as we do, and I'm here with my amazing friends and esteemed hosts. We've got Mr. Nick Box. Yo, 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 hello, hello. And the JPM, the... I don't know what if he's got any other aliases, I can't remember. Um, but James Paul Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> I have, but they're not for water this time. <laughs> Shed, but muzzle tough. <laughs> so yeah, hey everyone. Sorry again for um a bit of a delay in the in the podcast, but um we're doing our best to to get back on track. Obviously, this time of year is hectic. Obviously, there's a global pandemic as well, which isn't helping. Everyone's working uh, a ton because we've got uh, Nick being a key worker and we've got James being a manager and everyone seems to want video editing at this time of year. So I'm extremely busy as well, uh, luckily. Um, but we are doing our very best to, to get stuff out to you. And we have got some um, cracking episodes for, for you today. I'll tell you that. But um, before we get into that, um, let's have a bit of a catch up and see what everyone's been up to. So, um, yeah, James, what, what's been going on since the last podcast? Uh, I've just basically just been working because like, like Nick, I'm a key worker as well. Management in a... Uh retail company i don't want to name them because i don't want any of my views or opinions to uh, get me fired but um <laughs> your controversial views on mitch buchanan oh, believe me i've got a few but um but no i've been all right i've just been um you know just uh, cracking on with things really just um got a nice little uh, work bonus the other day which was nice even though i got taxed far too much but that's enough story. <laughs> um but yeah I've, I've just been catching up on me and do you know what i've been catching up on sleep Sleep is so nice. Nice. And I've had like five days now where I've actually had 12 hours sleep each day. It's been fucking lovely. It really has. I had my first sleep in the other day and it was extremely needed. And it was just, yeah, it was so good. I actually slept 12. The other day I slept at eight o'clock in the morning. That's the first time I've done that since my baby was born. (laughs) In over a year, in 16 months, it was the first time I'd ever slept until 8 a.m. And it felt good. <laughs> it's amazing. Sleep, sleep is very much needed. <laughs> Nick, what, what, yeah, what's been going on with you? How's oh, how's Dadland? Uh, Dad, Dadland's all right. Um, yeah, I woke up at half past five this morning because he was being a little fidget pants. But yeah, in general, Dadland's all right. But I've had a bit of a crazy, crazy week to be honest with you. Um, first thing is, I think in the last episode I mentioned that <clears throat> Angry Video Game Nerd had like unintentionally um, plugged one of my films. Oh yeah, Dracula versus oh, Ninjas yeah. on the Moon. <laughs> he he actually got back to me. I reached oh, out. Really? Him, oh, yeah. he got back to me the other day and basically uh, said, "Yeah, I can re- rename my film Ninjas on the Moon and sell it with his cover art and everything, and get some art files." And yeah, we've I've put them up for sale. Um, I've sold one copy so far. <laughs> we have there's a limited amount of thirty. Um, We've had 10 upvotes on Reddit for it. And, uh, yeah, one person has brought a copy so far. So there's still 29 left if anybody wants one. You need to get uh, him to plug it. Yeah, so if you like uh, Angry Video Game Nerd and you want, uh, like, a related collectible, um, you can buy my film rebranded as a fake film that he made. www.deadgoodfilmslike.co.uk and it'll take you straight to the sale page for it if you want to support me and want to get a collectible you could probably sell on ebay at some point uh, so good yeah so that's the first thing but the second thing is um and this is a bit different um 
I'm technically now officially a pornographer. <laughs> um, is this anything to do with the film that I found that time? No, not that one. No, no, no. <laughs> you're all right with that. That film that won't be named, right? Well, yeah, that film that won't be named. That could have pushed me into pornography territory, but that's a different story. <laughs> James's yeah. face is like he really wants to say <laughs> something. Let's save that for another day. Um, <laughs> well, James needs to say something. He's, he's I did not expect a, a plot twist this early in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, right? Um, for I believe I've told the audience. Uh, but yeah, I used to, I I have been I am a filmmaker. I've made films for almost fifteen years now. Had some success. Me and Chris have made a film together as well. We went off to the Cannes Film Festival. I've won awards and I've had films available in Walmart and stuff like that. Uh, all like silly, trashy horror movies. And recently, I've been converting my movies into games, into interactive FMV games like uh, full motion video interactive movies like adventure games and i've been releasing them on steam and on a site called itch.io and uh the steam ones i have to pay a, a fee to get them on there so they take I, it takes me like a while to get these games onto steam so i got one game onto steam and then a really good friend of mine i won't name names uh helped me uh, i know this person listens so thank you ever so much for helping me get my game pay for my fees to get my game on steam um I submitted this game to Steam, and it's a game called Sinister Vibrations, and it was basically a film I made in 20... I originally shot in 2013 and finished up in 2018, and it never really got a proper release as a film, but it worked really well as a game. It was like three stories intertwined. One about a guy doing a self-help tape for getting jobs, which was played by Sean C. Phillips, cool dude from YouTube. Uh, One story about a woman that attends a very mysterious job interview, and another story about a washed-up pop star who discusses his career and plays music videos. And it's a really quirky sort of comedy musical horror. Uh, There's nothing graphic in it. There's no nudity. There's not really any sex, but there's an implied sex scene. Um, But the biggest issue with the film is, is it does feature a vibrator quite heavily. Um, It's not used. Well, it's as, called sinister vibrations. Yeah. Is that it's part not of it? Really used as, yeah, kind of. It's not really used in a sexual way. It's more used as like a a comedy device and as a murder weapon. But this game features a vibrator. Now, um, I released the game months back on Itch.io, which is a indie game site, and it got over a hundred downloads and had some people playing it on Twitch and on YouTube. And no one's had any problems with the game at all. They've all said it's quite fun. Um, Twitch or YouTube haven't banned anybody for playing it because of, you know, like I said, it, it does feature stuff that's like implied sex and implied <clears throat> uh, vibrator, but it's no, there's nothing graphic in it. Uh, and, yeah, people get on fine. So I submitted it to Steam. Now, Steam, bear in mind, has full-on VR porn games on it. Like actual full-on VR porn games on it, even games where there's inter-species sex as well, right? right. So this this tame little um, interactive movie that's a comedy that's got some just funny bits and a funny skit with a vibrator in it shouldn't have raised any flags, but it did. And for two weeks, uh, they wouldn't um, approve the game to go on sale. And then I finally got an email the other day saying that it had been banned from Steam because it was video pornography. All right, okay. <laughs> so I've created a game that's banned 
and it's being deemed as pornography. So officially, technically, I'm a pornographer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was a bit, I was a bit shocked, but thankfully, uh, Steam have been pretty good with it. They've like um, refunded the fee, which I've put put back in, so I can put a family friendly game that I've also got pretty much ready on Steam instead. And yeah, I mean, okay. Steam's a good place to get revenue from, and I am gutted that the game won't be available on Steam, but it makes it just a bit more notorious now and got me a bit more notoriety. So if people want to check the game out, they can get it from itch.io instead. You've got a good story for it now. So. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But it was just like, it was, it, I couldn't believe it. Like, they was, I, got, I, I was so shocked when they sent me the email. They said, yes, this, is, this has been deemed as video pornography. And I'm like, You're now... The legions of like Duke Nukem, Thrill Kill, Tenshu, and Manhunt of banned games. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the only one that really is Thrill Kill, the only one that was actually banned out of those, wasn't it? I mean, they had some of the controversy banned in some countries, but yeah, I mean, like, I'm banned outright worldwide. No, no country on <laughs> so I've probably like you know done better than some of them. Um, you know, this is like a worldwide Steam ban, and I mean, you know. It, it makes me laugh because the scenes are so tame. They're so tame. There's nothing really sexual. Uh, it does also pose the problem that uh, my award-winning film, She's Dead, I'm turning that into a game and I'm in making it quite a posh game. But there's a very infamous scene in that game. No, I'm very familiar <laughs> with that scene. <laughs> yeah, that I need to try. I have to cut out of it. I should better cut around that, though. I should better actually remove that from it. Uh, which is a shame because it's like the funniest, most shocking scene in the in the actual film slash game. But uh, when it comes to that, I think I'm just going to play it safe. Um, so yeah, so I'm now infamous. I've now made a banned video game. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, that really reminded me of something. Um, uh, last, I think it was last year or the year before. Um, I took a couple of friends of mine to Cyberdog in Camden Town. Good old Cyberdog. For anyone that doesn't know, Cyberdog is like this alternative fashion sort of like clothing like store, but it has different like floors. But this has been the first time that I've been there in uh, quite a few years, and they have now have in the basement level a sex shop. Mm. And, that where, um, oh, that's where you have the alien dildos, isn't it? Isn't, isn't yeah. that where Metalhead used to be? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but like it was crazy because I had like no idea about this, and um, my friend, who's very much a dark horse, just like myself, but she didn't know the vibrator trick to test how good it is without actually being lewd about it. I was like, "You don't know the trick," and she's like, "What trick?" I went, "Get one of the vibrators." Put it up against your nose. If it makes you sneeze within five seconds, then you know it's good and it's worth the purchase. And she's <laughs> like, how do you know this? I was like, I went to an Ann Summers party by accident when I was 17. Of course I know this shit. <laughs> how did you go to an Ann Summers party by accident? <laughs> well, I just I went round a friend of mine's at the time, but I didn't. I got my days muddled up. And uh, I went round there a day earlier when she was having, uh, well, her sister was having an Ann Summers party. And uh, I kind of walked into it. And I was like, oh, God, what well, have I... invited you in. I'm like, yeah, join the party. Yeah, they, well, they basically said join the party, but just stand in the back a little bit because this is our time. And I felt like, um, I don't know, I felt like a lamb to the slaughter. But I ended up coming out, <laughs> you know, very uh, knowledgeable. <laughs> with a big bag of dildos. <laughs> if, you, if, you buy, if you buy, like, vibrators from like, Anne Summers parties, they're going to be covered in snot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sure they're very sanit- sanitized and clean. I'm sure. By the, by the, yeah, by the hygiene wipes with them. Yeah. <laughs> the hygiene wipe, yeah, the hygiene wipe upsell is there for a reason. <laughs> ladies, five seconds. If it takes good to sneeze, it ain't good. Oh, anyway, um, as, yeah, as, as far as what I've been up to, um, and basically, I don't know how I can top that really. Um, what, have I done anything but even slightly exciting? I managed to get a free energy drink from Asda. That was good. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I can't top Nick's story. How, how did you get your free energy drink? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess this is something interesting for people. But there's a load of apps you can get on your phone. There's Shopium. There's um, Green Genie or Genie or something. But yeah, there's loads of them. Basically, it tells you if there's offers in the supermarkets, and there's some of the items you can get for free. And all you got to do is scan the barcode, and it mm-hmm. refunds to your PayPal. So luckily, my girlfriend is a genius at getting free stuff. So every time we go to the supermarket, we come back with loads. We managed to get the other day. No word of a lie. We got four boxes of shreddies, and we made two pounds. What? Because basically, what happened was there was a deal where you could buy the shreddies for cheap if you used a club card, right? And then if you bought two lots of shreddies, you could get one pound fifty back from the website. So we used the club card, got the discount, and then used the one fifty back from the other ones, which then made that we were in profit with shreddies. That's pretty. That's pretty insane. Yeah, we did it with someone else as well. I, can't, I think it might have been Iron Brew Energy Drink. I think we made some money out of that as well. But yeah, there's loads of stuff you can get. You get loads of freebies. So, I mean, we're not sponsored by those apps, but um, I do. I do promote them. So, Baywatch Night sponsored by Shreddies and Iron Brew, <laughs> <laughs> but not both together at the same time. Right, that, that might be a bit weird. <laughs> That's festival food right there. You know when you've like run out of like uh, like your, your carton of almond milk. It's like, oh, what do I put in my shreddies now? I oh, know, I've got some iron brew. Let's see how this tastes like. I'll never yeah. forget, I was at a New Year's party. My, uh, an old mate of mine, he, um, he was a bit disappointed because there was no running water. There was no bottle of water. And he really wanted a pot noodle. So he just uh, boiled a load of Sambuca instead. <laughs> and he said it was the most revolting thing he's ever had in his life. But he got through it, and then he just kind of passed out in a bathtub. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a good good breakfast. <laughs> anyway, on, on that note, we should hop into this season's episode, which has a name which kind of fits. You know, he put together a concoction. Technically, he was a curator. <laughs> a breakfast curator, which is the, the name of season one, episode sixteen, which is creator, which is in German. D was it Die Reinste Albtrum? Purest nightmare. Purest nightmare. Now, um, Nick, do you want to get up the old umdubba? Yeah, I got the umdubba up already. It's uh, the curator was episode um. Oh, aired on, on the 9th of March, 1996. Uh, the summary, a little bit wrong, as usual. A deranged man named Garth Youngblood takes a fancy to Baywatch lifeguard Caroline Holden and makes many advances towards her. When Caroline resists, Garth captures her and locks it in a cage furnished like her apartment. No, he doesn't. Uh, more like a workplace. <laughs> While Mitch and Mitch teams up with fellow Baywatch lifeguards Newman and Barnett again, 
not not correct <laughs> uh, to help him and Garner look for Caroline. Garner is not even in this episode. <laughs> True. Yeah, actually, I mean, why did I notice that? Why did I I notice that? Yeah, he isn't even in it. Garner is not even in this episode. So it's like, who writes these IMDb's? <laughs> All I know is is that this episode when when I. Before I got round to it, and I just saw the commentary exploding in the group chat for what is going on with this episode, and then oh. I watched it, and it made so much sense. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Everyone who's been listening to you know every episode will know that season one has been on a little bit of a lull recently. We haven't really had anything exciting. Oh, but fire this week! <laughs> this, this this is the comeback that we've been waiting for, literally. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into it anyway. Um, so we're all, we're all going to chip in on the storyline here because none of us actually took enough notes to be able to all do it for one person to be able to lead it all. So we're all going to chip in. But basically, it all starts on the beach and we got Ryan sunbathing. First thing I noticed, right? Did anyone, Ryan else, <laughs> did anyone else think that Ryan, some, well, when she was talking, she sounded really odd. And like her voice didn't sound right. And it was like almost like she had been given some different character to play, like some bimbo. Did anyone pick up on that? She did seem a bit it, out of character. It didn't yeah. seem like it didn't seem like Ryan at all. I was right. just like, what's, what's going on? I thought she might have been acting for something, but she wasn't. I, I did. I did notice that she was um, a little bit more comfortable with herself, shall we say, <laughs> in this opening. Yeah, she was. But right. before, before she got to uh, try and woo Mitch, the one thing that I literally, I swear to God, I marked out when I saw it come up in the titles, special guest appearance by Yasmin Bleep. I was like, oh my God. Like she yeah. was like childhood crush. I was like, oh my God. Some people <laughs> might know her as Jenna Reed from Basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? And uh, I don't know, Nick, do you know her from other places? That's the main place I know. Uh, was she in like Home and Away or something like that when she started out? Wasn't she like... No, I'm not sure. She no, was, she was also in. She was one of the main stars in Baywatch. Yeah, but wasn't she Australian? And didn't she like? Didn't she? I'm sure she's. Wasn't she like Australian? Was she in like a soap like Neighbours or Home the Way First? We have we have got another guest appearance in here, but we'll get to that when we get to that. So um, basically, what's happening is um, we got Ryan sunbathing on the beach. She's in a, a blue kind of sparkly well it's not sparkly but you know it's kind of um, it sparkles in the sun anyway like bikini and um, she's basically just trying to like woo Mitch kind of thing and there's this really good bit I liked about when Mitch was asking if she's wearing protection which I thought was really good and um, she's like are you, he was like are you wearing protection she's like don't worry I'm practicing safe sun <laughs> did you notice that, that that fucking huge bright pink Hawaiian tropic like little stand next to her. <laughs> yeah, like a complete. complete <laughs> that was half. <laughs> it was so good because she 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 just totally knew what she was trying to do to Mitch, and then he was walking away, and then she pops up that little mirror, and she's like, "Turn around." Turn yeah, around. Is he gonna look back? Is he gonna look back? Yeah, and he looks back. She went, "Gotcha." <laughs> I love that shit. So <laughs> basically, some Mitch and Ryan flirting going on to start the episode. Then we switch over to um, Caroline, obviously played by Yasmin Bleeth. Um, she's a, you know, we haven't seen her in the series before, but she's one of the lifeguards and she's just casually walking along the beach. She goes up to a, a little beach hut and everything. And then um, this man walks into the lifeguard hut, um, who 
just so we know, his name's Garth, Garth Youngblood. Oh, and um, he Garth was actually... Oh, was it? <laughs> oh, is there a, the, the middle name as well, yeah. And, um, but um, I did find out that Garth um, was actually um, on Desperate Housewives. He was Rex Van Der Kamp, and he was on 32 episodes of Desperate Housewives. He was Rex Van Der Kamp? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I watched an episode of Desperate Housewives, so I can't. I just checked out uh, Yasmin Bleef. No, she wasn't in. Um, she was in an American soap opera, but not in an Australian one. So I was wrong. Okay. For some reason I wish she was Australian. But anyway, yeah. And, and Garth and Garth was also in uh, American Horror Story. Um, he was in the Mr. Jingles episode last year as Brooke's father, apparently. So, uh-huh. a few little facts about the the people here. So, um, so this guy we don't know his name yet walks into the lifeguard hut. And he basically walks in and says he's going to kill himself to um, to Caroline. He holds a, a gun to his head. Um, and uh, did anyone notice when this interaction between Caroline and Garth was going on? Did anyone notice that the microphone was really far away from Caroline? It was like she hadn't been mic'd up properly, or the boom wasn't near to her. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that, but I, the one thing that I did like uh, home in on was the fact that Garth was wearing slippers. What? Oh, I did not see that. I swear he was wearing slippers. It was like those old granddad slippers. Oh, <laughs> clogs or something like that. Clogs. <laughs> He's wearing wooden clogs. I just, it was just that first thing where you see him coming to see his feet walking up towards the steps of the tower. And I thought, is he wearing slippers? No, they're a bit heavy. Are they clogs? But like, <laughs> look. What's the one? Someone wearing clogs across the beach and then threatening to commit suicide. <laughs> Weird thing ever. <laughs> but um, what I did notice during this interaction is um, Caroline clearly has not had much training in suicide negotiation. But she, does, she says all the most stereotypical things. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. And um, yeah, so uh, he's basically saying that, um, uh, yeah, if he, um, she basically convinces him not to to kind of kill himself so he says I, I won't kill myself I'll kill you instead um, <laughs> and then the credits roll <laughs> yeah the cre- yeah I, but mind you before the credits the camera zooming into Caroline's face when it's like <gasps> oh, there's, lo- there's lots of these really fast zoom ins on this episode does anyone notice that really like speedy zoom ins they're well cool and Spe- I like zoom- sorry speaking of speedy zoom ins the First thing that I noticed after the music goes in, it was a cla- it's a classic little zoom in. But was the camera angle of her touching the telephone really of her touching the telephone, or was it just a zoom in of her butt? I could probably have her butt. Yeah, it was just it was so. Oh, that's gone. <laughs> David Hasselhoff written all over it. <laughs> was me right, or was this episode? Right? Was the was the music louder in this episode than usual? Um, I don't know. It's more prominent. It just seemed like the mixing was a bit off, and the, and the, the music was like really overpowering. This. Well, week. I mean, I think something's gone on because obviously the, you know, just the whole story and everything, it just it felt different. The editing felt a bit different. Like the story was a bit different to what we've seen the last couple of episodes. So I think something's gone on. There. I wonder. I'm wondering because of like this one didn't doesn't feature Ghana. Like we said, um, <clears throat> Ryan was a little bit off. Uh, it does feature like normal Baywatch characters like Numi and obviously Caroline and stuff like that. I'm wondering whether this one was an episode that was shot just on the side of a normal episode of Baywatch and they just like tacked a few other bits on. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe. maybe we should ask Alison about it. Uh, yeah, sure. Alison, when you listen to this, uh, 
hit us up in uh, on Twitter and explain. Yeah, if you know anything. There's bits in the timeline, or I'm sure you know something about it. Yeah, well, uh, I was just saying we should talk about that interaction between them though, because basically, um, this guy is um, basically obsessed with her, and he's saying like, "Oh, you know, do you think I'm a attractive and all this kind of stuff?" I can't remember what he, what the term home, he uses. Am, is I, that. am I homely or plain? Isn't or it plain? Yeah, yeah, that's what he says. Yeah, so I'm a plane. She said, she said that he's nice looking. Asked if he's nice enough looking for a kiss. Oh, Nick, you might need to move your mic ever so slightly away because we're getting a bit of breath. There we go. Um, uh, yeah, so, um, and she said, oh, yeah, you're nice looking. And um, then he asks if he, um, she would ever kiss him, kind I... of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at gunpoint, obviously. So and, uh, at the same time, Numi's in the. Um... In the, the 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 hut next door, yeah. and he's, oh, she knocks the phone off. She knocks so, the phone off. Yeah, yeah. But how did you see that move that she pulled out on golf? Where she literally just grabbed his arm and he just oh, done... before that. Before that though, we, we still we still got a bit yeah because of she actually she, she she puts the phone off the hook yeah. to pay watch HQ. Then they ring Numi to find out what's going on. Then Numi's about to go in the to go and go and see what she's what she needs, and then some woman goes, "My daughter's lost her sunscreen." <laughs> yeah. Have you got any? Yeah, so that's more important. And went, "Oh yeah, she's probably just with a mate." And then, yeah, do remember he he asked her as um as well. He go, "Did you ever get a medal for saving someone's life?" That was another thing he asked her. Uh, and then yeah, and then basically what happens there is she um she grabs the gun. Uh, grabs his arm basically and smashes him one, and then um, she's running down the beach with the gun with this crazy guy chasing her. Um, and then it's actually funny in it because um, is it Numi? It says like yeah. yeah, she says there's a crazy guy chasing Caroline, and she's got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I love this bit where um, she runs into the hut with Numi, and this guy's like banging on the side of the door and then he literally smashes through the glass and just smashes Numi's head on the door like really really violently several times as well several times then he runs off and then he's just hanging around on the beach covered in blood can, can I say like I had a little bit of an issue with this scene um, only a tiny little criticism but I've got to say Numi having his face smashed in, my God, that was really intense, that was. But, like, I found it really funny when he was flopped over the, the middle of the door. The middle of the door, yeah. The door was just opening, and his little body was just, like, <laughs> moving with <laughs> But um, from personal experience, I can certainly say that smashing through glass, no matter what part of your body, there would have been a lot more blood than that. A yeah, lot. I can imagine so. Unless it was some sort of, like, plexiglass. It reminded me of, uh, do you remember this old um, WWF wrestling angle with the Rockers, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels, where he puts him through the barbershop window? <laughs> yeah, I do remember that, actually. <laughs> it reminded me of that. <laughs> Sorry to, to deviate, but is there any more news on the whole Marty Jannetty thing, James? Um, when, when, he, when he basically went on Twitter and said that he murdered someone. <laughs> no one's heard from him since. <laughs> that was a... <laughs> Maybe it's going to be a Baywatch Nights. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> so, yeah, so the guys are smashing Umi's head on a door. Um, he's now basically run away in, into the, onto the beach um, to kind of, you know, get away. And um, Caroline's running up, you know, with a gun, trying to run away. And uh, the police come and they stop her. And she's basically like, no, no, it wasn't me. It was him. And they kind of like look around and they can't see the guy. And oh. 
Yeah. I've got some things to add to this. Um, okay, so two things, right? She's running away with a gun, and he's chasing her, which I've got to say, they're running pretty fast on that beach. Yeah. You know, that's something that totally just was all, okay. Also, what two things. Why doesn't she use the gun? Second, yeah. why the hell was no one else on the beach notice her screaming for help? Why didn't she fire the gun in the air? Like, yeah. get help. But yeah. I absolutely, there's two things that follow up from this which really made me laugh. The way that Garth just casually walks away and forgets or just disacknowledges anything that's happened. He just puts his hands in his pocket, starts to begin to whistle, like... <laughs> Why well, he's covered in blood? <laughs> when it, when, in the scene, obviously, um, Caroline turns around and no one's there. And then the next thing you see was Mooney pretty much in a body bag. <laughs> <laughs> and Mitch sending him off to hospital. <laughs> much in an orange body bag and i was like it wasn't that bad surely <laughs> did they run out of like uh like silver foil to keep him warm or like what the hell was that oh, it's pretty funny one thing i will say about this guy though is and i said this in the, the chat and um all, yeah, all the stuff he does is weird but i think this is the most psychotic villain they've ever had oh yeah, yeah. Like, I think the, the, the guy's a maniac it gets weirder and weirder, people listening. Like, honestly, like this guy is just next level psycho. I mean, like him walking onto a beach covered in blood, just decided he's just going to hang out after smashing Numi's head on a door. It's pretty normal for this guy. <laughs> oh, man. It really is. So basically what happens then is, um, obviously, yeah, Mitch has seen Numi go off in the ambulance and then Mitch goes up to a load of people on the beach and he's just like, did you see anything? Did you see anything? And they're like, no, no, no. And then the guy, Garth, covered in his own blood, is just like, yeah, I think I saw some weird guy going over there. So Mitch obviously spots as him because he's covered in blood and basically grabs him and then he punches Mitch and this other guy that's with Mitch and then runs away and there's this bit which is epic where Mitch like runs on top of a truck and roof and then just dives at him and <laughs> nails him down. It's great. And then obviously, yeah, then obviously he gets uh, arrested and taken away. So we think, you know, oh, you know, he's been caught. And yeah, classic done. Mitch stare at the end of it. Oh, yeah. pure... Pure Mitch there. Yeah, the classic Mitch there, which is great. Then we cut to another scene where um, there's a, a training going on for drowning. <laughs> and, uh, we, and we see uh, Donna practicing to become a lifeguard. Because you might remember, she mentioned that she was going to become a lifeguard. Was it last episode or episode before? Quite, quite recently, wasn't it? Yeah, she's becoming a lifeguard with kids. Yeah. Practicing... Yeah, she was the, everyone else there was kids and she was the only adult there. <laughs> Well, there was that other guy, wasn't there? Who, he, um, was, he was sleezing over her. Yeah, because oh. okay, actually, there's a question here because it to me this didn't sound right, but it must be like standard lifeguard practice. So they said, right, if someone's drowning, you go out and then you you got to offer them the the can, which is the floaty, I'm guessing. But they basically said that if they don't take the can, you just leave them and let them die. <laughs> is that standard practice? So you, or you go out and try and save a, a drowning person, but if they don't take it, you just let them die? I mean, did I hear that wrong? No, that was correct. Absolutely correct. But uh, even I was a bit like... That's really messed up. 
you know, pro-choice and all that, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, surely, like, if someone's like, you know, can't quite you just grab them and swim. I mean, I mean, I guess there's danger of like you drowning if they do something. So maybe it's like a safety thing, but it just seems a bit harsh. I guess it's like the lifeguard equivalent of they live instead of like put on the glasses, like t- take the can, take the can, no. <laughs> A punch up with them just like take the can not this year <laughs> it's, just so, it's just so weird but um yeah so basically yeah donna's obviously practicing this drowning thing and then the guy she's had to kind of practice with he goes oh when do we get to practice mouth to mouth then which yeah. is like tonight in your dreams <laughs> um so then so then um that that you know the session all finishes and then uh caroline's kind of um goes over to her bag and she realizes that she's got a pendant that says I love you in the bag and she's obviously very kind of you know freaked out like oh what's going on this is a bit weird why have I got this you know this this pendant going on um then we cut to the office and we see um Griff, Griff. yeah so Griff's Griff's on the phone and he so for, looks like he's actually working for the organization full time now uh, <laughs> he's weeded his way in it's a receptionist or, or something going on and apparently um what um garth has been let out uh basically because the he reason that everything happened was, yeah he was off his prozac and they basically let him out of jail because he said he would take his meds and they believe that he's going to go back to normal um so i mean that seems like a, why would you i mean he's whether you're off your prozac or not he slammed the guy's head into a door, like into glass. He, he threatened to kill someone with a gun. <laughs> you just let him out. You'll take your meds. Yeah, out you go then, mate. Off you go. You're you're safe. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's like in my notes, I was like, doctors making excuses for him. And hold on, in a court of law or a police office, is the fact that Garth solemnly swore that he would take his meds again enough of a jail-free card to get him out of attempted suicide slash murder slash stalking slash. <laughs> The age. <laughs> that just seemed ridiculous to me. I was just like, okay, so I, oh, I promise I'll take my meds this time. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, we'll let you go. It's fine, you know. But it's not. It's, yeah, just, it's crazy. In, in this segment, right after every line I've written in my notes, I've written, "Where the fuck is Ghana? Where the fuck is Ghana?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe he's just having a day off. I guess I don't know. He's probably doing something cool. Um. Uh, then after that, we've got basically Mitch is um, with Caroline at a house because Caroline's scared. The instant first thought is, is Mitch going to try it on with <laughs> with Caroline? But he doesn't, which is really disappointing. He Mitch... does on camera. He's <laughs> implied that she does go and stay at his house for the night. <laughs> so, you know. That just says it all, really, doesn't it? Um, so she's there and... Um, is she basically um the answering machine uh is flashing and she's like oh my god so she starts playing the messages and it's and this guard basically saying basically you know he, he loves her and she he wants her to call him back and all this kind of stuff she's got like 12 calls she's getting a bit freaked out and then you see the shot of this teddy bear so yeah like these really fast zoom-ins on this teddy bear and their faces and stuff this teddy bear's got like a little card saying caroline so they're like oh my god like he's been in the house um and yeah basically uh you know mitch is like no you're gonna you're gonna stay with me tonight probably to get it on we don't know but it's in <laughs> we probably did and, uh, and the 
I noticed in in here when he calls Ryan, I swear that he called her Brian instead of Ryan. <laughs> like I had a take. Literally sounded like. Do, do you remember that in that episode where there's the hostage situation at nights and that guy um, who had him hostage called Ryan Brian just out of spite and it was yeah. just lame sort of insult. I swear Mitch had Brian in this. Maybe it's just like, you know, an in-joke between them now. We just call her Brian every now and then for fun. Maybe, but... <laughs> that would be good. Um, so the next thing we we see uh, from there is um, Caroline's back at work. She, yeah. She's back at work and she's um, stood at the lifeguard tower and this little kid comes over to her and basically um, gave her some flowers. She's like, oh, no, yeah, oh, that's, that's really cute. And then she, she's like, oh, yeah, and the kids are oh yeah it's from that guy over there and there's this dramatic zoom in <laughs> garth's face grinning. Just, yeah and it just stood there on the beach right honestly they love this effect today they're literally using these rapid zoom ins as much as humanly possible they've definitely got a new editor in um yeah and then then like she she calls mitch mitch is goes over and like sees him and um it's hilarious because he's like oh there's a restraining order on you and he's like yeah but i'm stood exactly a hundred yards <laughs> he, he worked measured, it out yeah but the thing is right he said he said he measured right well if he measured then surely he would have actually gone within a hundred yards of oh. the of the uh the lifeguard hat Mitch should have picked up on that yeah yeah so he would have broken the law to do it but, i mean it was just Unless he was... got the kid to do it but te- te- yeah. Maybe he roped in the child. But technically, if Caroline walked towards him, then that means he would have broke the restraining order. All you should do is keep walking towards him. He just keep walking backwards and through <laughs> the sea. <laughs> and then he just drowned. <laughs> End of episode. He drowned. Which didn't help. That would be amazing. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so then, um, basically, uh, Mitch and this guy have a conversation, and the um, Mitch arranges to like meet up with this guy, basically to have, have a chat, um, <laughs> see what's going on. And this guy is basically saying to Mitch, "Oh that, no, hang on, you, you missed that a little bit first. They go back to her house, and he's like, we changed all the locks, and you got a new number. And then straight away, the new number rings, and it's him. Oh yeah, yeah." And then Mitch, Mitch basically offers him out like there and then. Yeah, he's like, right, we need to meet up and find out what's going on. Oh, Nick particularly, in this scene where he finds out the new number, did you notice anything in that scene which um, was a highly talked about prop in last week's episode? Ooh. Shit. A, a bowl of fruit. <laughs> <laughs> You're joking me. What? So the fruit bowl strikes back? The fruit bowl? from season one like with all of the fruit in it it was exactly the same one as was in the knight's Tesla, like torture chamber i need to i need to find this now i need to <laughs> that, that bloody fruit bowl is back fruit oh sandwich. my god that's amazing oh god you should have screenshotted this shit james <laughs> uh, i've now got to like, scroll through it we're on it um i noticed it and i was like no, I, I, I need to see this as well, right? Well, whereabouts is it? Right, oh, that's fine. Okay, so, right, so. Right, so see, season one, episode 16. 16. Oh, hold on. I, I can't, I've noticed I can't just type season one, episode 16 into YouTube without yeah. writing Baywatch Nights before it. Otherwise, just, you just get everything else. 
Yeah, I'm just <laughs> it now. Just bear with... Ah, okay. Hold on a sec. Um, I don't know. I'll just uh, pop it on. Right, hang on. Oh. right I'm, I'm nearly there. Oh, right. Right. It's, it's around 19 minutes. Yeah. So I'm in the, I'm in the house. I've hey. <laughs> <laughs> just done a bowl of points. on the phone. See his face. Uh, it's a very quick shot of the bowl of fruit. In it's when, it, it, or it's, in when a... it's when she's making a, tea, a cup of tea or something. Yeah, because I'm just uh, I'm I'm just playing through it now. I've got it on mute, so we um yeah, so, uh, copyrights. Um, but it's just her intensely looking at a telephone. Um, and now she's like, oh no, oh no, what is going on, Mitch? Oh, is it before the phone call? I can't remember if it was before. It is. It is before the phone call. It is oh. at. Is at exactly nineteen oh seven. No, no, no. Twenty, twenty. Bang <laughs> mark. Twenty minutes. Bang on the mark. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's two shots of this fruit bowl now. Bollocks of it. Oh, yeah, it she, she, oh my, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, though, the fruit didn't look as fresh in this one as it did last week. It, no, it was fresher in the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, the fruit has been left to rot <laughs> for an episode. Yeah. <laughs> look, yeah, look at the, the banana. The, the banana. The banana's got some brown marks on it, and it actually looks like there's a gone-off pear in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> the apples are particularly shiny, though, and the, uh, the oranges. <laughs> I'm print-screening that. Um, just, just send that fruit to the chat now. Uh... <laughs> anyway, right, and uh, about the, the fruit bowl. Uh, right, so, so after this, Mitch, Mitch goes to meet up with with the guy. They have a bit of a meeting um, outside of night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, you're popping out. <laughs> yeah, just, and just... Um, basically, this guy reckons that Caroline's or Carrie, as he refers to her, um, is basically in love with him, and is basically saying that Mitch is just jealous <laughs> because Mitch clearly likes her. And she loves, she loves golf. Oh, James got something to add here. Yeah, yeah. Something else I noticed, which I thought was really interesting, it's actually said in this scene that he actually gave the police false information as to his current residence, which is technically illegal. So, don't the police do a background check on that before they let him go? Well, I mean, the police have just let him off just because he hasn't taken his meds for attempted murder. So, I mean, like, <laughs> I don't have much faith in him. I don't have much faith in the police in general on Baywatch Rise. I mean, especially in the season two episode. I mean, we'll go into that later, but the police were useless. Oh, they were. <laughs> they, they were terrible. Um, so, so, so basically, they're having this chit chat and the guy's getting really worked up being like, no, she really loves me. She said that, you know, she thought that I was looked nice and basically saying Mitch was jealous. And then, out of nowhere, he picks up an ashtray and smashes it into his own head multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> and, and then tries to blame it on Nick. Not on, on Nick, Nick, sorry, on Nick. Mitch. <laughs> Blames it on Nick. Like Nick's not even in the, the fourth wall. Uh, and then, like, yeah, I mean, like, the way he smashed that uh, that ashtray into his head was brilliant. And then Mitch grabs it out of his hand, and then, like, Griff runs up the stairs and goes, What you doing, Mitch? And then the police turn up, and, yeah. um, and yeah, the police they seem to believe this psycho. Yeah, they believe him, like, like full on believe him. And, like, and you know, they give him, they give Mitch a telling off. Yeah, even though it's been shown that he's just been not, you know, 
not taking meds and tried to kill somebody. But it's like, no, suddenly he's innocent. But then he, he tries to shake Mitch's hand and then we get what has to be the weirdest montage I've ever seen. Oh my God, I, I, I've, I've got so many notes on this I, montage. I, the way, the way I've, I'll let everyone go into their own notes of it, but I just the way I've summed it up, weird soaring digging welding wank montage <laughs> but yeah i basically i basically just wrote montage of him putting a necklace on caroline digging cutting wood painting close-up of eye and sweating marriage welding photographers more welding her on a bed with candles looking seductive what the fuck is going on lingerie wait and it went on for ages I, it felt like it went on for like longer than a fucking rocky montage it was I like mean, oh. i mean the thing is i think is i understand the welding and the cutting now i understand but at the time at the time when you watch this and you don't know what's coming later you're like why is he welding and then you don't see anything about this until like ages until later on in the episode this is so weird I was like, what? I was like, you guys, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I've got loads of notes on this. So, so I did it out of a stream of consciousness. I didn't pause anything. I was literally writing, like, what is going on? So, weird dream sequence of him sawing wood whilst painting. <laughs> he has Caroline in his dream wearing a white robe and putting on a necklace. Now he's shoveling salt. Now he's painting. <laughs> and now he's sweating. Now he's making sparks fly by doing metal work. Photos and God knows what going on caroline on a bed in lingerie surrounded by candles and stands and then back to the office yeah it, it honestly it was the weirdest montage i mean it makes sense now but if this is the your first time you've just watched this you'll just be like what the hell is going on yeah but honestly see that was crazy I, I guess i should have known that it was i think the moment that i knew that it was kind of like his sort of like uh imaginings was because uh, caroline just had a dead face like a dead face like you know no expression just mm. kind of like him just grinning maniacally and yeah, fancy it was just yeah. weird but yeah we go back to the office and uh ryan basically discovers that he was um basically to put it bluntly, chucked out of the army for being mental yeah and his dad's a legend <laughs> yeah, his dad was a hero in the vietnam war who won a medal of honor um yeah he got evicted for being mentally unstable and ryan managed to use her Navy connections to talk to the psychiatrist who gave him um, the boot. And basically he said he thinks what he did was calculated and planned to uh, pick Caroline all along. Yeah. So from there, we go back onto uh, the beach and we see that um, Griff has spotted Garth up on the beach. So, so Griff just turns into ultimate troll. Like, it's, just, it's great. And when Garth gets out, he just starts taking pictures of him, like loads and loads of pictures, and just completely winds him up. Like literally, just trolls him off the beach until, like, eventually he just drives away because he's so and he annoyed. He throws a bag at him. Yeah, and then he throws a bag at him, and then um, we go back. Did he ever find out what was in that bag? Because Chris yeah. went. Pick it up. It was a tin, wasn't it, of some sort? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gives it, it, it gives away where he's where the final scene takes place. Yeah, it was. Yeah, some... there's a scene. Uh, we won't ruin it until we explain the next scene. But the bit after that, I've got my notes that it, it, it tells yeah, you. Yeah, it does link. Okay. So there's a, yeah, there's a tin anyway. Yeah. And then from here, we go back to basically the um, the swimming coaching kind of thing with, with the little kids. Um, <laughs> and... Go home. <laughs> <laughs> and then 
<laughs> and then um, basically, um, Caroline's just uh, there on her own, and then the the security guard. I think I think he's called Eddie, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, he yeah. basically says, "Oh, do you want me to walk you home? Because I know you've been being stalked." She's like, "Yeah, that'd be good." So she walks into the uh, changing room, just to kind of get the last last of her stuff, and she finds a box full of kittens in the uh, in there. She's like, "Oh, what nice kittens!" And then Griff jumps out and Griff grabs her. And, and, well, no, sorry, Griff is on the Garth jumps out, does the old yeah chloroform trick over the mouth, and drags her away. And then she wakes up in a cell that's been recreated to look like her lifeguard tower. It is so wonky. It looks could have been you flew at it and it would have fallen over. All that welding he did, and it was all made of wood. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, yeah, he had recreated this cell of her lifeguard tower, and then he's speaking to her through a speaker, like it's some episode of Saw or something, like. And then, and then he's even got like sound samples of like seagulls and stuff that you play at uh, her. It's, it's so weird. Like that. Uh, preceding this, right, was um, when Mitch basically is talking to Griff and finds out that, you know, she's been taken. And he says the most unintentionally funny thing. And it just, I just got such a kick out I of it. I hope it's the same line I'm thinking. If you find out something, call me. If you find out nothing, call me. <laughs> yeah, he said he's so angry, doesn't he? Uh, and if you find out something, call me. And if you find out nothing, call me. <laughs> and this is where we find that what Mitch, what Griff found was some candies in a tin yeah. uh, from uh, San Pedro. Yeah. And Mitch works out that basically in San Pedro, there's an old army base where... Um, Garth's dad was stationed, so they must be there. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind uh, of trailing the breadcrumbs of Werther's original rappers, you know. Oh, let's follow them all the way. But Mike, Mike, yeah, here's where it all just goes a bit back. Oh, sure, it's amazing. <laughs> 34 minutes and 27 seconds. I literally, like, I, I was about to have a sip of my coffee and I, I literally went out loud, what the actual fuck? <laughs> the decomposed body of his dad in army uniform. I was just like, where is this episode going? And it, honestly, it just gets weirder from here. Right. So then basically, so he's talking to his dead dad, right? Mitch does a heroic run. Alarms go off, right? But the, the uh, building is covered in what looks like giant cobwebs. So massive cobwebs. In some like, giant spider's layer or yeah, something. Yeah, like like proper like Halloween haunted house spiderwebs. Like cobwebs everywhere. Like big bits of cotton that are covered the wall. Then Mitch finds another corpse that's on a police bike. <laughs> it's like a corpse riding a motorbike. <laughs> With newspaper cuttings everywhere. Yeah, then, then Griff loads up a gun and he starts talking to his dead dad corpse like there's some sort of war going on yeah, like, yeah and that's when we actually find out that it is griff it is um I, i've written griff for all my notes this is so annoying garth garth's dead dad yeah. um and then well, uh, griff comes in and then he finds the dead school teacher yeah, in a classroom with a writing on board saying like <laughs> teacher of the year loads of times we don't know what has any relevance to anything it's just like someone's online saying teacher of the year and then and then yeah mitch finally finds caroline and then um yeah um garth then points a gun at, at mitch 
And then I and then I've written I don't know what I've written here. I just wrote she's men. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> she's <laughs> men. What does that even mean? <laughs> This moment, like uh, when he come in, like GI Joe, and he had that like anti aircraft machine gun, and then Mitch, what I can only assume, has the best throw in the world. He threw something in his face. It literally <laughs> trunjan, a rubber trunjan that like bounced off of him. <laughs> <laughs> then he must have gone some distance to get from one end of the room to the other in that space of time that he's thrown something in his face, rubber trunjan, to then literally leap over at him and disarm him from that bloody machine gun. Yeah, and then there's just this big fight breaking out, and then he's chasing Garth, and then <laughs> and then there's this amazing scene where he, Mitch throws Garth off of a roof. Oh my god! <laughs> and he, <laughs> he impales himself on and he his lands spike. on a spike. <laughs> it was and then, just, this, and then, the, then there's a quick zoom in on his dead face. <laughs> it, it wasn't just any throw. It was an overhead slam in wrestling terminology. It's like when you throw, uh, you Irish whip them into the ropes and they're coming into you. You, you crouch down and you throw them over. Oh, but yeah. Way, Mitch used a wrestling move to kill him. And he literally overhead slammed him off of the building. And he just done so many flips. He did like a 450, 720 flip so many times. And then he just goes through that fucking, what, what was it, a pipe or? I really want to do a fan edit of this episode, right? And just make the episode end there with Mitch <laughs> over, right? And then it would have been the most perfect ending to anything. It would rival the sex line episode, yeah. right? We just, just dying, and that's it. But we do get another scene with um, Caroline. Yeah, scene I love. I thought it was amazing. So, like, she's like. You know, Caroline's looking out over the beach, remembering being chased, and there's like a flashback montage. Like she's definitely got post-traumatic stress. Yes, right? she exactly. is. She is fucked up, to put it bluntly. She's not having a good time whatsoever. And then it's just like, I know he's dead. He just <laughs> isn't gone yet. He will be someday. He will be. <laughs> and then it just finishes. It just finishes on this poor woman just <laughs> literally having PTSD. And that's it. There's no like, there's no closure for her really. She's still scared of him. Yeah, there's an unsolved mystery in all of this. What happened to the box of kittens? Where oh, the fuck's yeah. Garner? <laughs> yeah, where's Garner? Where's the box of kittens? Why was there a dead person on a motorbike? Why was there a dead person teacher? Why were they teacher of the year? There's <laughs> so Did many different. Did Mitch get charged for the murder of Garth? Yeah, <laughs> that's another thing. That's another another murder for for Mitch. Why the fuck is Griff now part of the gang? <laughs> so many questions. It's just it was crazy. It was absolutely it was batshit mental. This episode. Really? It was I, like it. It took me back to the reason why we love love Baywatch nights. It was brilliant. It I was. Really it. it was brilliant. It was like, I mean, it is a very season two episode in season one. Um. But yeah, it, uh, it it was it was brilliant. It, was... <laughs> it brought my faith back into season one. Oh, me? definitely. A couple down ones. This one was great. I Even do... without Garner, it was still good. I, re- I reckon really it was like buying a tracksuit and punching people, probably. But like, uh, I do really feel that if they ended it where he just went straight through the pipe and that camera zooming, <laughs> that, that would <laughs> when. Oh. Most... 
cyclist went off the cliff. I, I would have just... Right there. I would have been, I would have been crying if that would have been the ending, <laughs> honestly. That would have been the best ending ever. I mean, I actually want to do a fan edit just with that. I mean, it, it's, it's got to be my second favourite ending anyway. Um, yeah, the fact that normally, normally it's a, they kind of bring it back up a little bit. It's like a little bit of like something. But no, this, this woman, her life's been destroyed. Like she's literally so screwed up by what's happened. It ends on such a disturbing note. I mean, for me, my my three favourite endings, number one was the motorcyclist off the cliff. That was oh, outrageous, that was. The second one is when Mitch says, I'm going home. After <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in, like, um, fish lady cave thing, and all those soldiers casually walk out. And this has probably got me the third best yeah. ending. Yeah, no, if I'd they, agree. If they cut out that last bit, that would have been bumped up to second place, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> But yeah, that was uh, that was the season one episode for you, the creator, um, and it, yeah, definitely a, a whirlwind. But we've got another one to go. We've got season two, and we've got something scary from Yugoslavia. So <laughs> we'll, we'll be back after this very quick break. Welcome back, everyone. We've had a little break. Me and Nick have had some chocolate. I don't know what James got up to. Probably something. Oh, he's, he's changed his background to the Viking uh, on Skype, though, which is interesting. Everyone remember the, the Viking from the previous season two episode? He is a bit of a legend. Um, but now we're moving on to a, another uh, season two monster, um, which is the episode title, which is, um, is, it, is it Zargtha? Is that, is that what you pronounce it? Zargtha? Okay. Zagtha, which in German, if I can pronounce this, is Unheimlich Begegnung. I've always known as Eerie Encounter. Did it, did it eerie for me, it was close when I, I translated it. Was it Eerie when you no, did it? Or Eerie Encounter. Oh, I got Close Encounter. That's Eerie in itself. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with ghosts, though. But basically... The um, <laughs> this episode is typical uh, season two monster episode where we see a monster hiding under a truck that's pulled into a garage. Now, this monster to me, I'm I'm just going to put this out there straight away to you guys. Did anyone else feel that this monster was basically Meatloaf in the Anything for Love video? <laughs> yeah, but it also reminded me of the end of Big Trouble in Little China. Um, because there's a monster in the back of the Pork Chop Express at the end of it. So I just kept thinking, uh, a Big Trouble in Little China. But I know what you mean. It, it did look like meatloaf for, for me. Anything. Yeah, because you get all, you know, if you, watch, if you watch the Anything for Love video, there's always bits where you can't really see his face. And he's wearing a kind of like haggard kind of cloak kind of thing, isn't he? And everything. And yeah. I just, I just kept expecting him to break out in song all the time. But basically, yeah, so there's this monster riding under a truck that's pulled into a garage. And then, um, there's these, kids walking down this smoky alley with burning barrels i mean question straight away where why are all these barrels on fire all the time in these alleys i've written out my notes and this is what i want to say right is it a thing in america that in every alleyway in america there's a barrel that's on fire <laughs> i know because it seems to be the case like, all the time well, there was always is... all on fire in every early 90s new york based hip-hop video as well yeah yeah it just seems like America must be littered with these barrels that people light on fire. 
I mean, I understand if there's like, you know, maybe some homeless people and they need to get warm and they've got, you know, setting the barrel on fire. But there's no one around. They're in an abandoned alleyway. I mean, homeless people, I mean, even if you're homeless, don't, don't leave fires. Don't leave fires. You know, put them out at least. Um, I guess that's bad saying that because they might need it to come back. I don't know, but it's just a weird thing. No, I totally agree. And I, I wrote it down in my notes because it did confuse me. Yeah, uh, it's just a bit of a strange one. So I don't really know what's going on there. Um, but yeah, these kids, these kids are basically walking down this alley, smoky alleyway, and they keep hearing all these like noises and wondering what's going on. And basically, to cut it short, this wolf man comes out and basically tries to eat one of the kids. <laughs> what well, like from the get go, um, throughout this entire episode, there is so much heavy rock palm muting guitar like music there is there's definitely a metal influence in there yeah man but like i gotta say though um the 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 scream that came from that kid was so fucking funny i was in hysterics and then the monster scream going, <laughs> I know. honestly the monster is so low budget it's basically they just put this man in some scraggly clothes and they've given him a like a kind of you know like Meatloaf from the only thing for love look on his face. I think he's a wear tramp. <laughs> it's more like a wear tramp than anything. I mean, for me, this monster was like, do you remember that Scooby Doo Where Are You episode of that werewolf that used to smuggle sheep down the river? <laughs> it was kind of like that, but this werewolf had a perm. Yeah. And yellow eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, so, um, yeah, so, so the wolfman gets to this guy's friend, then we cut into this youth hostel where the other kid is in and he's basically saying like in the least scared voice ever he's like i'm scared i'm really really scared he doesn't seem scared in the slightest it's just like the worst acting um (laughs) yeah and then basically the the woman who like i don't know whether she runs the youth hostel we don't really know anything about her she's just this woman and she basically has got this silver letter opener yeah (laughs) yeah and basically says oh yeah yeah you know um yeah, yeah, you'd be able to kill him with this. I mean, why are they automatically all assuming that it's a werewolf? Yeah. Like, straight away. Like, and no one's questioning this kid's sanity. He's just come in, be like, yeah, it's been attacked by a werewolf. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, silver, silver knife, that'll kill him. Is it also me, or did that kid look too old to be in that youth centre? Yeah, and he looked too clean to be homeless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on there. And his name was Lily. I mean, what? <laughs> Yeah, really. <laughs> Apparently, though, this uh, werewolf was so scary, it will make your blood freeze. Yeah, his yeah. description was um, <laughs> so convincingly <laughs> bone-chilling. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, right, so one child has been killed, but everyone now instantly assumes that it only kills kids. <laughs> it only kills kids. Why does the werewolf only kill kids? It's like a pedo werewolf. Yeah, <laughs> the pedo wear tramp. That's what this episode is. Yeah, there's the title for the, the other way. There's the podcast title there: Mitch versus Pedo Wear Tramp. Oh my god! No, I don't think we can. Oh, maybe. And then Lily goes to sleep, and he wakes up, and the wear tramp's in his room eating one of the other kids. Yeah. It's like it's just in the room, just going mental, trying to meet a kid. They all you know, try and like run away and everything, and then they're, they're running through some sort of like 
Well, I thought it was a jungle at first, but this must be the trees near the beach. Yeah, for some reason, they, they decide that they're going to run towards the beach. Why would you run towards the beach? The most open area you could possibly find where you could easily be spotted. Before that, did anyone else laugh at the homeless man making Lily jump? Yeah, yeah he yeah. jumps out at him, doesn't he? For no reason. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, so there's, there's him and I think it was, it was what was the, um, the guy? Billy, Billy wasn't it? Billy. So, yeah, it's him and uh, a girl called Billy, and they're both they're both running, uh, trying to run away, and everything. Yeah. And the music is so epic; it's got that real choral like ho 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 thing going on. I, honestly, it was so cheesy, but I just loved it. You know, it was just as you say, it was just that that choral like synth stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. This wolf man just looks like literally. I literally wrote here, wolf just looks like a tramp who's had too much spice. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally literally all it is right and then suddenly yeah we, we we cut to the intro uh and we and obviously the um billy has been eaten by wolfman why um lily is hiding under the uh lifeguard tower in a place where you could quite easily be spotted because it seems to be well lit so yeah i don't know what went on there so yeah the intro comes in then basically we cut to uh Brian. yeah What's that? It, it cuts to Ryan after that, doesn't it? Yeah, Ryan, and there's a, they're in the office, and there's a, a bit of an earthquake. Is this an earthquake for no reason? Just like uh, one of these earthquakes. These earthquakes provide some of the greatest Baywatch nights footage ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so the best Ryan... one, we'll skip a bit ahead, but the best one is definitely when Mitch is trying to go up the, oh, the ramp on the <laughs> lifeguard tower. My literally probably my favourite scene in any Baywatch nights episode, right? <laughs> It's literally like the half pretending to be <laughs> in an earthquake and someone shaking the camera at the same time. <laughs> but that was his Captain Kirk moment, weren't it? Where he's going side to side, like... <sighs> oh, yeah, totally. Uh, it was brilliant. Like, I, I watched this like um, at work, and then on my way home from work, I was just chuckling to myself. Just just chuckling. <laughs> proper funny. And then, so yeah, see so these earthquakes going on then. Uh, Mitch has got to go back and do his job on the beach. Um, but Ryan so, needs to pay $850 for a fuel injector. So Mitch lends her a car and gives her a, she gives him a lift to work. Yeah, so he, he's, he opts out and does his thing there. And when he's just about to, to leave, Ryan finds the body of Billy in the nearby bush. Um, and I love the fact that when the, uh, you know, they just instantly know it's a street kid. Yeah, that's what like, I've got here. Mitch says it's just a street kid. How the fuck did he know it was a street kid? Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, that's definitely a street kid. What's the difference between a normal kid and a street kid? Cred. Um, so <laughs> street cred. <laughs> that's literally it. Uh, and then Ryan spots there's some, like, paw prints in the mud. Uh, and then... Again. And, she gra- and she grabs some, like, hair that she finds. And then the police officer's turn up and basically apparently it's the fourth kid in the last two weeks to be to be killed um so after that mitch goes back into the dance on the beach and goes in the lifeguard hut and lily's in there and he like threatens mitch with his little his little knife because he's like scared um oh before we get to that i'm sorry um uh, when um i'm just going back to the previous scene because i made a note about this and I don't know where it come from, right? But 
So, you know, when they find the body and they see the poor prints and all that, and then Ryan just pulls out some loose hair from her pocket. Yeah, I don't know where she got the hair. Yeah, she just had the hair, didn't she? It was like she just started looking at it, and I was just like, where did that come from? What, what yeah. are you Oh, we, we need we need to know. Ryan did make an observation with the with the paw prints because there was the paw prints, but she was saying like that if it was a dog, you would have seen the the rear legs because they obviously don't yeah. match. They don't go in the same place. Uh, and Mitch was like, oh, maybe they got washed away or something. But she was a bit suspicious about the the prints because it looked like there was only you know two. Um. So yeah. So obviously, Mitch goes in the life guard hut. Sees Lily, he's like shocked. He's like, "Oh, who's coming?" And he threatens Mitch with a knife. He's then just really reluctant to talk to Mitch about what's going on because he's afraid that if he talks to him, he's going to get sent back to his real home. Uh, <laughs> James has got something to add here, I think. <laughs> it's just some of my favourite Mitch terminologies ever. The amount of times he uses the word "man" <laughs> whilst he talks to Lily, so he's just like he's done with the kids. Man, like it was, yeah, it was like some really cool sort of like lexicon of language that he's trying to use in order to get through to him, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like obviously, you know, the, the one thing I was kind of confused about is, you know, that Lily just ends up walking off, and I'm just like, why wouldn't Mitch like try and get more information out of this kid when there's been a murder? You would just let him go. You at least get some basic information out of him. Like, has he lost all his authority? Like, in any other episode, he would have, like, took him into custody. He would have done something. I mean, obviously, in season two, Mitch is only a lifeguard now. Like, he's not a private investigator anymore, is he? For whatever reason, which we never actually find out why. Can we also acknowledge the fact, right? as Lily's walking away and he turns his head around it's like it wasn't a dog but he's running into a field of daffodils (laughs) (laughs) no I I completely don't see that it did look a bit weird he's walking into a field of daffodils I don't know what he's going to do there maybe he likes flowers it's just I don't know oh yeah because it was at this point was when the uh, the aftershock kicked in, and there's Mitch trying to walk up the tower. <laughs> yeah, so the, yeah, the earthquake is kind of a, a theme that runs through the through the episode. Uh, we then find out that Ryan has determined that the hair is actually wolf hair, and then obviously the bit we've all been waiting for, Teague, Teague, <laughs> the legend, and there's this really great bit of dialogue between Teague and Mitch, which I luckily I've got the scripting for. So um, <laughs> we can go through it. Oh. So Teague, about two weeks ago, something very dangerous arrived in Los Angeles. A killer <laughs> of children. <laughs> and not just any child, street kids or runaways. The vulnerable. Mitch. <laughs> Ryan thinks it might be some kind of wolf. Teague. It is. <laughs> Mitch. It is. Teague. Partly. We believe the killer to be a Zargtha. Mitch. A what? Teague. A canine creature believed to inhabit the remote southwestern mountains of Yugoslavia. Considered mythic for centuries. The subject of scary stories the parents used to keep their children in line. Don't go out at night or the Zargtha will get you. Mitch, and this uh, Zargtha just goes after kids, huh? Teague, yes. (laughs) Mitch, and it came all the way from the remote mountains of Yugoslavia. All the way down to downtown Santa Monica. (laughs) (laughs) And then we find out 
that basically this Zagtha had been driven out of Yugoslavia because of the war. <laughs> I just cried. Like, what the hell? What kind of story is this? <laughs> Yugoslavia. Well, for any listeners, like Yugoslavia was a former country in Eastern Europe that actually dis- dissipated in 2003, but it was made up of all these other countries like Slovakia, uh, Montenegro, um, um, Croatia, etc., and, and all those kind of uh, North Macedonia and all those other kind of countries. But in the meantime, up to that, it was a really nasty old like war that was going on. So I can just imagine that there's like some sort of like a a werewolf just casually going to the shop to buy some bread and he just got pissed off one day. The war dripped out the mountain, so he decided to go to LA. <laughs> <laughs> on the next plane, I was like, that's it, I'm gone. Yeah, actually, that's a good thing. So he, he hid under the truck. I mean, he wouldn't have got through customs. There's no way he would have got like on a cargo ship. A werewolf with a truck listening to ACDC just trying to hop on the next plane. <laughs> but remember, he will do anything for love, but he won't do that. <laughs> very, very true. Well, yeah, so there's this <laughs> elaborate story about this Yugoslavian pedo were-trump. Whatever it is. Um, then we go back to there's a scene with um, back in the, the smoky alley there's a load of goths trying to bin there's some tramps arguing there's a metal soundtrack <laughs> like it's just like the most stereotypical yeah. like alternative alley you've ever been in it's so, it just horrendous <laughs> yeah and basically you've got um, Lily and there's all these um, random kids staying in the building including one kid that looks like a very young um, buzz of the of the Melvins. Did anyone notice that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw him. I'm like, it's that guy from the Melvins when it was a kid. So um, yeah, so they're all in there, and then uh, yeah, Mitch basically tries to follow Lily basically through through this alley and into this building where all the kids are kind of hanging out because he wants to obviously get some more information. Uh, when Mitch is in there, he spots this random kid, and I don't know if you guys spotted this, right? I played this back at least four times, but the line he says to the kid, right? Uh, it sounds like he says, "I don't want to hurt you. I'm just here to help." But I played it back four times, and he actually says, "I want to hurt you. I'm here to help." He actually says he wants to hurt him. If you, I've written this time code down. If you want to check it out for yourself, twenty-seven minutes. I swear, he says he wants to hurt the child. <laughs> well, have you, have you put it through um, YouTube's um, uh, closed captions? No, I haven't, but we can try it. But it does sound like, I want to hurt you, I'm just here to help. So I want to know if Mitch is threatening violence to this poor street child. What Probably was the uh, time? 27 minutes, dead on. It's, well, it's around that time. If you play it, it's just after he sees the kid. Take it easy. I don't want to hurt you. I'm just here to help. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't. Uh, I can't get the YouTube captions to work on I it. I played it back like loads of times, and I was like, he definitely says he wants to hurt this kid. Yeah. He definitely just said that. I heard it. I heard it. Yeah. I want to hurt you. 
I'm just here to help. <laughs> wow. So, so obviously this kid, you know, hearing what we heard, is obviously shitting himself and runs away, understandably, <laughs> right? So, so he, 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 he runs away um, down in this building. And then, um, yeah, basically, uh, I'm just trying to see what we've, we've got here. Um Abandoned bloody warehouse again, isn't it? They're yeah, it must be the warehouse. It must be. Angles and all that. And I must say, Mitch actually looked quite um, cool with his white blacks that he was wearing. He looked like he just, you know, got something out of a hip hop video. Like, oh yeah, or he just come from the casino or something. Yeah. Yes, yeah, because <laughs> point that you know, that Lily goes to the underground lair where all the abandoned street kids are hiding, and then. Mitch sees the kid, then he has a tussle with the werewolf. But Oh yeah, yeah. The werewolf though, when he when he attacks him, is he flails like, about. <laughs> he flails his arms at him, just like, just like and he jumps on his back as well. Some weird attack and then and then like Mitch isn't even like slightly damaged from this attack. In no, any way, there's not, no yeah, rips, there's no, there's no cuts, no nothing. He's just completely normal. Um so then Mitch Mitch basically goes gets back outside and and sees the police who are absolutely useless. Oh my God. Mitch is basically trying to tell them that there's kids in there and uh, there's more kids. And because Mitch can't a hundred percent confirm this, he's got an inkling there's more children in there, but because he can't a hundred percent it, they refuse to go in. They're like, no, we're not going in. unless you're a hundred percent sure there are more children in there. I mean, I get it. There's an earthquake thing going on, and this might be dangerous to go in. But I mean, if you've got an inkling there are children in this building, you've got to do something to try and help them. That copper is the MVP of this entire episode. He's so angry. <laughs> he's, he, so, uh, he's not the worst policeman ever. I've just <laughs> called him, for the sake of context, I've just called him Mr. Shouty. And it's just like he, used, he, he yells like the most quintessential. American cop name ever. Hey, Frank! Frank! That's that's a really great bit. Basically, um, um, the woman who's like the youth hostel woman or whatever decides to run in to find these kids. He tries to stop Mitch going in and Mitch uses some sort of like, I don't know, some sort of like California bylaw about being a lifeguard and that he can accept like... The risk factor, or something. I don't know what he's on about. <laughs> but he manages to get in, and then the, this policeman like takes a bit of offence to it, and then has to basically get this poor guy called Frank, who's like this other police officer, kind of like gives a demand to him, literally just to show that he's still got authority. <laughs> like, because he has to test his authority on some other poor police officer. It's, it's really weird. Um, so, so they run back in. Uh, Ryan shows up um, with Tegan, basically explains that this hare is from a wolf species that became extinct in the 1850s. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, which was just, yeah, really, really odd. Um, he basically, um, yeah, and Mitch and the woman, they, they run through the building and, you know, there's some earthquake bits going on and stuff and they manage to find where all the, the where Lily is and all these other kids and Mitch like smashes through the door to, to get to them all and tries to get them out and they're like and originally they're like no no well Lily's like no no we've got to stay here um, we don't want to go out like we're safe in here 
Um, which, uh, there's this really funny bit, I don't know if you noticed when they were talking, where that little bit of earthquake happened and this rock hit Lily on the head and he didn't even flinch. <laughs> like, I just got down Lily's reaction to the falling debris and he's like, ah! <laughs> he's just like freaking out. But when it does hit his face, he doesn't react. No, it's just like, whatever. You know, clearly because it's made of foam or something. It's just like, whatever. The, the most confusing thing was that Mitch is calling. Wait, wait, Mitch and um, uh, hostel lady are trapped underneath concrete, and then Mitch sees the werewolf and asks him for help. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, so basically, what happens is yeah, there's the the uh, when they're in there and they're basically saying about they're going to try and lay some baits for the for the werewolf, and they, you know, Lily says he'll be the bait, but then there is a big earthquake and everything starts falling down, and Mitch is trapped under, you know, the, this um big concrete block or something which i love when it when he tries to get up a bit he's like like screams as he tries to lift this concrete block off him but before that the the pedo werewolf comes over to him and everything and he's like kind of like gives him a bit of a sniff and then goes off <laughs> and they're like did anyone else like, like, why is he why is he only after kids it just made me really suspicious why does there's no reason that he only wants kids <laughs> Did anyone know like how hammer horror it was seeing the werewolf as a silhouette and it was just walking towards, but the way he ran off was really flamboyant. Yeah, we jumped over that bit of wood <laughs> and really like gracefully. But <laughs> that, that whole bit was the whole meatloaf bit though. If you watch that back, <laughs> like that bit is so meatloaf anything for love. It's Have you ever seen the film The Vagrant <clears throat> with no. um Bill Paxton? Nah. Bill, Bill Paxton basically buys this house and this like tramp keeps appearing in the house, right? And all the werewolf tramp reminded me of was the vagrant all the time. It just it literally just reminded me of the vagrant. Every time it came on, I thought, this isn't a wolf. This is just like a meffed up tramp that's eating people. <laughs> okay, but the best the best bit of this was is obviously when Mitch gets out, you know, obviously manages to get the concrete block off him and stuff. Right. And um he then goes and you know, and then the werewolf attacks him. The fight is actually hilarious. This oh werewolf, yeah. this pedo werewolf, literally dives around like he's the ultimate warrior. Like <laughs> <laughs> he is so manic, it's unreal. Like I'm surprised no one got injured during the filming of this. Like he is so energetic. This is when the uh, the choir synth music just went absolutely to the max, and it was insane. And like, yeah, Mitch punts the wolf with a plastic tube, which he then whacks out of his hands. And then Mitch, oh my god, oh my god, Mitch's sounds of like being scared and pain are so pathetic when he's fighting the wolf. Oh, like, that combined with the this, the noises <laughs> of the werewolf, hilarious. But it seemed like the whole scene was like sped up a little bit to make out as if like the uh, the werewolf was actually a lot faster. Really? Yeah. Because the thing is, right? The thing is, uh, it's good you mentioned that because I literally just had that in my head because I watched some of the episode because I was running a bit late. I started watching it at one point at one point two five speed to try and catch up, so I wasn't going to be late for the thing. And then I just thought a second ago, I was like. Hold on a minute. Did I actually watch it in one two five on that part? Is that why you seem so fast? And the fact you just confirmed that no, that's actually how fast it was. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, right out of nowhere, Lily appears and he's stabbed him with the penknife. Whilst Mitch had him in a leg lock whilst he was <laughs> watching. <laughs> yeah, there's this bit where this literally looks like that the the werewolf is going to just take a bit of a chunk out of like um, Mitch's genitals. 
because he's literally <laughs> just got the, his legs around his head. It's yeah. like the most violent blowjob you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Mitch's most valuable asset. <laughs> <laughs> whining <laughs> but honestly the, the, the more close look you got at this werewolf it literally just was a messed up tramp that had that had paws just stabbed him once and he literally died like that the lady, lady gets bitten Mitch is having an, a meltdown and then it pretty much ends with Mr. Shouty the copper who yells at Frank to go in there instead. No, it, it ends on him on him going, I ain't going in there. <laughs> That's it, basically, because they, they come out and he's like, what happened? He goes, you can go in and see for yourself, Mitch basically says, doesn't he? And he basically says him going, I ain't going in there. <laughs> that was it, it's like the most useless piece, and that was, that, that was it, and it just finishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that was that episode. Yeah, that, that literally was what it was. So yeah, so we've had absolute maniac psycho man in season one, and we've had the Yugoslavian pedo wearman in uh, <laughs> in season two. So as always, um, we've now got to make a decision: season one or season two. I think I know where it's going to go, but let's send it over to JPM for your vote. I've been fretting over this question for the past couple of hours, right? Because uh, there were so many awesome qualities to both um, to both episodes. Um, because the season one episode was fantastic. The season two episode, it was over-the-top ridiculous. But for the unpredictability factor, and it just totally took a whole other course of direction... For me, this week goes to season one because it just—it was like it—it it, it was like a completely a, a completely unexpected heel turn, and it was just like what? Like, and, and then all of a sudden, it was an, a plot twist amongst another plot twist, and it was just absolutely insane. Um, <laughs> but I just do really wish that they would have just cut that last little bit out and it just ended with him just <laughs> off the building. This lands on a on a pipe. Zoom in ends. Or maybe it ends with like Mitch going home or something. But like, uh, you know, it was just oh my god, it was so intense. And I do really think that was the best villain that has been in season one so yeah, far. So yeah. for me, yeah, um, the curator, season one, episode sixteen, that gets my vote. Okay, Nick, what do you reckon? Episode uh, season one <clears throat> by far. I mean, I would say that's literally got to be one of my favourite episodes of the entirety of Baywatch nights. I mean, it, it was, it, it's up there with cabin and, um, telekinetic vampire, uh, telekinetic aliens. And, you know, all of that, it was a rollerblading burglars. It was one of them. It was a, it was good. I mean, and I think also probably the best villain we've seen. I think Garth Youngblood was probably the best villain we've seen. I'd even put him higher than Papa Doc. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was a, fucking amazing episode but just like james i wish it would end just <laughs> just as, it, as he gets impaled and mitch looks down <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. and season two was good uh but it wasn't it, it, it was it, it just it, it couldn't it it was gonna be hard for it to compete against that i mean season one's been lagging for so long now and this really did 
revitalize it. And the fact it didn't even have Garner in it, and it was still a brilliant episode. So yeah, Rare yeah. season one. And I kind of yeah, I echo kind of the thoughts of both you guys. Pretty much exactly the same. Like season one, just yeah, like I said, definitely the the best villain out of any, anything we've watched by far. The guy was an absolute maniac. It just got more and more mental. As soon as you started seeing corpses on the motorbike and stuff, we just like, what on earth is going on? And he, he played it really well. So um, big up the uh, the actor there. What was his name again? I did write it down. Give him some credit. That was... Um... His wife's. <laughs> Actually, no. Uh, oh, Steve, Stephen Culp. That was his name. Stephen Culp. So yeah, good work there. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an easy season one. I mean, it I would have been interested to see how season two would have fared if we hadn't have had that season one episode. I think we probably would have rated it a bit higher, but because it was so good, I think it made the season two episode look a little bit crapper. Yeah. I, I think we probably would have preferred it if it was up against like last week's season one or something like that. Because it was just batshit crazy. Like, you know, it was basically meatloaf running around killing yeah. children. <laughs> <laughs> It really is, honestly. When you watch it, just think about that music video and you'll you'll know exactly what I mean. But versus child killer meatloaf. My yeah, you know, and just the the whole the whole story about it being from Yugoslavia and leaving because of the war and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> the, the, it's the fact that the Zalfa got out of Yugoslavia because he had the ump about the war. <laughs> that, that alone almost made it the episode of this week just uh, purely for that i mean that's, that's one of my favorite scenes just that bit that that bit of between like teague and, and mitch just talking about it just i was proper <laughs> chuckling when i heard that story i was just like what is going on this is what about a zagfa and a jogan team up oh, yeah, no. i just want to <laughs> So misunderstood. It's like oh, we don't want this shit. Like we really don't. <laughs> <laughs> They're basically just refugees, isn't it? That's all it is. <laughs> Refugee monsters. <laughs> so yeah, e- easy, easy season one win there. So um, yeah, what? How does that put us with the scores then? Season one is because we were uh, season two was a little bit ahead, I believe. It was, I think, off the top of my head. I'm gonna have to double check and find out next week. But I believe. Now it is, I want to say, ten six to season two. Okay, so there's um, how many more episodes have we got as well? Have we got still time to? We've oh, got yeah, there's six episodes left, isn't there? Yeah, <clears> episodes. See, it could, it could still be anyone's game if if season one continues on the same. And anyone's game. I like that. I like that. Still anyone's game. It's a good yeah. Although we do need to find um, a digital copy of the season one episode because it's not on YouTube. I think there's two channels on YouTube, but if not, um, I believe Chris got the torrent anyway. Yeah, I've downloaded all the episodes, so yeah, we got it. We got it, we got it. Um, Stats-wise, in case you didn't know, listeners, we switched uh, podcast host. Uh, We switched from Buzzsprout to anchor uh i don't think anyone's noticed any difference it was all a very smooth transition um but it's uh it's obviously a lot it costs less and um yeah it seems to be working really well uh, our listens haven't dropped down if anything they've jumped up a little bit um so don't we don't seem to have lost anybody uh through the transition uh but we changed over just before the last episode um so yeah we're Doing all right. Uh, listener-wise, um, like I said, the, the plays have, have, have still 
remain the same and we seem to be getting some more listens on some of our older episodes um the states is our still our number one listener spot but we've uh we've got we've got some listeners in argentina these days oh. uh, which is yeah oh. um, hola yeah <laughs> shout, out to, uh, shout out to our argentinian friends um yeah i mean uh in general um yeah, it still seems we still seem to be get gaining listeners. Yeah. Um, and there's one thing we got to think of, guys. Obviously, at the uh, the date of recording, we are in the third of December, meaning we are in the festive period. So, what are we going to do for our ho ho hoff episode? Well, <laughs> I've already spoken to Alison, and she would like to join us on this. Um, I've thrown around a few ideas about possibly a silly little quiz and some few other things, but I think it's going to be really sort of a free flow episode where we just talk all sorts of nonsense, Baywatch nights and non-Baywatch nights related. Uh, but it'd be the four of us, uh, us three and our, our best mate, Alison as well. So we just need to tie in with her when the best date to record it is really. And we'll do something special for, um, for, for Crimbo. Have a proper crimbo. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like it'd be a nice time to uh, get loose on one episode as well. Definitely. You know, just a nice free flowing episode where we can just be as silly as we want and talk about all things Baywatch nights. Yeah. I mean, the Halloween episode, I think was a success. Uh, but I think we just do this nice, just nice free flow chat, special episode. Don't know how long it'll go on for. If you've got any ideas what you want us to talk about, let us know. You know, if you go, if you think like, Oh, I'd love to hear you guys discuss this or any of this, like we are, completely open to your ideas you know yeah. in the end that you know you're the listeners we want to make sure you're entertained so to hear any more of our weird stories of our weird adventures uh... <laughs> even so even maybe you want to hear us do any of the baywatch characters <laughs> uh, yeah so um i think that wraps it up really so it's another episode in the bag um okay let's let's find out what we're going to be getting into next time then get on the old, old get the old umdabar up because i'm excited now i'm excited to see if season one's going to be carrying on that that craziness you we're a big supporter of season one chris at the beginning i was uh, yeah i was a very big supporter of season one so right. so next week's season one is Code of Silence. A young geisha woman is kidnapped and her small daughter is sought by, ki- sought by the kidnappers. Mitch and the child's grandfather, Matsuo Samuro, must find a way to protect her and attempt to rescue the mother. Oh, okay. okay. Don't really know what's going on there, but we'll, we will find out. And in our season two episode is... Boom, 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 boom. Uh, the servant, a mummy, comes to life and stalks <laughs> employees of a museum, of a museum warehouse, <laughs> where Ryan takes the event seriously, but Mitch doesn't. So they surprisingly doesn't believe in mummies or curses. <laughs> oh, okay, that, that's that's sounding good. Next week, <laughs> so we've gone from werewolves to mummies now. I really want to watch Scooby Doo. Where are you now? Like, <laughs> oh my god! I, right, well, that's what, you, that's what we got to look forward to next time: geishas and mummies. What a combo! So, yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. We obviously appreciate your continued support. Obviously, we've 
been doing this for ages now and you're still listening and you're still enjoying and you're still dropping us messages so you know, thank you so much for you know enjoying us you know rambling about some obscure tv program we do super super appreciate it and um yeah we look forward to seeing you next time on evenings with mitch buchanan the baywatch nights podcast see you next time yeah man <laughs>